Hello, good people. A little bit of a warning before this episode. We had to record this in a hurry while my daughter was taking a nap. And as a result, there are one or two parts where you can hear my daughter make some noise through the baby monster. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to edit around it. Uh, we also had to record this in the middle of the day, so there was a little bit of birds chirping outside the window that I wasn't able to edit out. So if you hear birds chirping, or if you hear baby noises, it's us. It's not you. You'll be fine. You'll deal with it. It's not the end of the world. Bye. Now playing. Why so serious? What is the matrix? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, what's in the box? Like scary movies. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? You talking to me? You talking to me? Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Although not this week, this week we are doing a change of pace, and basically we are reviewing the decade in 20 questions. We threw it out there to you guys, our dearest listeners, to see if you wanted us to do a run-through of all of our favourite films from the 2010s, or if you wanted us to get real weird with it, or if you wanted us to do both, and the overwhelming vote with about 80% was, do both, you cowards. So that's what we're going to do. And it's a lucky show for you guys this week as we have the original three back. First of which is Stacey. How are you, Stacey? I'm super excited to be here and talking about the last decade. I love your optimism. And the other person that is back is Spanky. How are you, Spanky? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Sam. Oh, that's awesome. So, Stacey, as a score out of 10,000 films, what would you give the 2010s? It's a tough one. It's so hard to say when you're so close to it. I'm going to go for a 7,000. <laughs> Calling it down the middle in terms of positivity, is yeah, that what you're up to? Yeah, pretty good, but who knows whether it's going to be memorable or not. Fair enough. What about you, Spanky? Four and a half thousand. Uh, I think that we've seen the decline of movies and the, the good actors all sort of uh, passing the baton on to some pretty average. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> Ben! Spanky's coming out of the gate controversial from the start, eh? Oh, come on, when comic book movies are the, the best thing potentially about the decade, then uh, shit, what's happened to drama? Okie dokie. <laughs> Maybe you just haven't watched <laughs> as many dramas. True. <laughs> okay, so as I said, we're going to throw 20 questions at it We're also going to end on our three Patreon questions uh, that, we've, that we've bastardized for this podcast The first of which is Which best picture winner from the past 10 years Will people probably forget in like 5 years max? What do you got, Stace? Oh, Spotlight uh, it, it was forgettable as soon as I watched it I mean Now, is it fair to be making a judgment about a film that neither of us finished? Yes, because that's we couldn't even finish watching it. So, how you know, how are we going to be remembering it in five years? You know, the funny part is, Stacey, we actually did finish it. But it was so forgettable that we feel like, I feel like we didn't even watch the film. Yeah. It was on my short list. What about you, Spanky? The, the instant classic that is Hurt Locker. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just uh, the, probably the worst Oscar winner in, in living memory. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, Spanky. That was a pretty unforgettable, a pretty forgettable film for me. Uh, I'm going to go with The Artist. It made a lot of waves when it came out. Here's a black and white film that has little to no dialogue, but I don't know anyone that talks about it now. I don't know anyone that holds it in high regard. All right, that brings us to question number two. Who was your favourite actress of the 2010s? I'll jump straight in there, and she's a, a classic, I think. Charlize Theron, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Atomic Blonde. Um, she kicks ass and is a great actress. Nice. What do you reckon, Sam? Yeah, I'm going to go with Old Faithful. I'm going to go with one of my favourite actresses, Brie Larson. She's Captain Marvel, she's in the Avengers, she did Room, she was in Seasons of Community, or a couple of episodes of Community. 
She was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, started 2010 with a bang, uh, short term 12, another awesome film I absolutely love, Brie Larson. Nice. I'm going with Margot Robbie. She's just gone from strength to strength and been in some quality movies. You know we're not allowed to say anything nice about Australians on this podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but too bad. All the just blondes, did. eh? All the yeah, blondes. Yeah, all the blondies. <laughs> blonde on blonde on blonde. Be yep. that, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that moves over to question number three. What is it there, Spanky? What movie sounds like... A porn parody. It's got to be Everybody Wants Some. Yeah, that was on my list too. Everybody Wants Some was definitely going to be my number one, but instead I'm going to go with Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Spanky? Oh, well, uh, it's it's obvious. It's Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number four is, which film had the most disappointing ending? For me, it's got to be the Star Wars Last Jedi. Whoa, you and the rest of the internet. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that's what the rest of the internet thought, but it's just what I think. They had a real opportunity to turn that into something fresh and new and exciting, and they just went down the same old warring road. Now, just for, because, I mean, we've talked about this quite a few times, but just for the internet's sake, your idea was that Ray and Kylo just say, fuck the Force, fuck, or, you know, fuck the Resistance, fuck the First Order, let's just cruise off. And yeah. get a bit of Raylo action going. <laughs> yeah, and just like be in happy days. Now, is this because you want to see a sex scene involving Adam Driver? No. Is this because you want to leave me for Adam Driver? No. <laughs> sure. We've talked about this Lights. before. We've talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you make me talk like that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Anywho, what about you, Spanky? Oh, it's, it's got to be the sci-fi classic, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt, Passengers, uh, where... <laughs> The story is that they lived happily ever after. It was like the the longest terrible fairy tale in the world. <laughs> that film was abysmal. Oh, it wasn't that bad. But Me, yeah. you, and Liz Ebry actually reviewed that movie. Yes, and, we did. And very problematic. Some of the themes in that film. What I loved about the end of that film though was just that one shot of Andy Garcia. He just he's in the film, and it's literally just a shot of his face where he walks out, and he's like, huh. <laughs> That's the end. Yes. Well, maybe that was the ending that I missed. <laughs> Probably paid like half a million dollars just to get fucking Andy Garcia in there to not even have any words of dialogue or anything. Anywho, uh, that moves us over to question number five. What is it these days? What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this decade? Just straight up, have we run out of ideas for movies? Everything seems to be. A remake, a reboot, a sequel, a blah, 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 blah. And it just seems as though themes are being recycled and it's a lot of the same old shit. And it's very rare that you get something with a, a new idea or a new theme. I mean, I know we've been at this for a while, but still, it, it seems as though we're in the slow decline of movie drama. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm going to riff off that idea. I mean, the the thing that I was thinking was like, we're getting so many sequels and reboots and remakes and this sort of foreshadows one of the questions i've got later that it's going to get to a point where it's like in 10 20 years they're just going to be rebooting things that they'd done two or three years beforehand and i think even now we're seeing it we've had what three or four different spider-men in the space of 15 years batman yeah batman he's getting interchangeably you know swapped over we're having a new batman soon with patterson replacing Batfleck, who replaced christian bale from 2013 you know that's eight years we've had three different batman yep and it's like, I think it's just going to start applying to heaps of other franchises. But yeah, I'm with you there, Spanky. It's pretty much the same as mine. What do you got, Stace? Yeah, I've got a similar idea. I, I just think that sequels shouldn't be done, ever. 
I think you should just make a standalone movie and that's that. If you want to make a TV series, make a TV series. I agree, Stacey. It just seems to be like a Hollywood trope to leave every movie open for a sequel in case it does well at the box mm. office and what have you. And it's just leaning towards that that terrible not having not having good endings anymore, not leaving yes. things final, leaving things open and asking questions. And it's yeah. supposed to be like cool and mysterious, but really it just pisses most people off. Yeah, exactly. Hey, anywho, that moves us over to question number six. What is it there, Spanky? Who was your breakout director of the 2010s? This one's easy for me. It's Denis Villeneuve. He did in CDs in uh, 2010, and then over the space of four years, which is just ridiculous, he managed to direct Enemy, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049, Sicario, Arrival, not in that order. I mean, fuck, four years. In the space of time it takes for one person to train for the next Olympics, he directed five (laughs) incredibly amazing films. Good choice. Okay, I'm going for our homegrown hero of movies, Taika Waititi. Yay! He's directed awesome Kiwi films like Boy and Hunt for the Wild People, along with a raft of other amazing films. And JJ Rabbit for Ragnarok. Yes, now he's taking over Hollywood. What we do in the shadows? Yeah, yep, exactly. Good picks, Dave. Oh, Kelda Stacy, that's a that's a mean <laughs> choice right there. And I'm going to go with someone because I feel like Breakout is sort of a, someone who, who's established themselves in the, the 2010s. And I'm going with Jordan Peele uh, because Get Out was, was such an awesome film and, and Us was as well. And I feel like he's revitalizing the thriller genre and gave it relevance again in the Oscar nomination. So, yeah. Yeah, wicked. Enough. I agree with that. And that moves us over to question number seven, which is what movie from this decade would be the absolute worst to watch on a first date? That's easy. It's got to be Marriage Story. (laughs) It's a story about divorce. And who wants to watch that on a first date or any date? That was bad to watch on a thousandth date. Shout out to Topher if we watched the thing. But me and him, she had a very similar thought about this, which is, fuck, this is not the movie you want to watch with your wife or partner. Hmm. Some interesting conversation comes up during this, doesn't it, Stacey? Yes. <laughs> Questions but... get asked that you don't really, want to, <laughs> don't really want to know the answer to. What about you, Spanky? I'm going for a comic book movie, and I'm going for a DC comic book movie, and that comic book movie <laughs> happens to be... Aquaman. Really? Yeah, because I really I feel as though uh, your date comparing you to Jason Momoa oh. the whole time, and and how do you how do you stack up to that? That's you a know, good point. You know, tanned, yes, long hair. Uh, you know, just ripped. I just I yeah. just can't compete with that. I've shit. got none of those things. <laughs> yes, but okay. Yep. We went and saw Aquaman on date. Yeah, with my sister. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I get around. Yeah, I'm going to go with a film that we actually watched on a date, Stacey. I'm going to go with Gone Girl. (laughs) Shout out to to Dan at Netflix and Swill. He actually watched this and said it was one of the worst films ever gone on a date. The girl that he took on a date to see this never talked to him again, but... Me and you, well, you came over. We had like a bit of a romantic date at home and watched the first 45 <laughs> minutes of this film, which we were like, yeah, we don't need to see any more past this. Yeah, yeah. Not for Were me. you comparing yourself to Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely a better man than Ben Affleck. <laughs> Anywho, moves us over to question number eight. What is it there, Stacey? Okay, what movie surprised you the most when you watched it this decade? Easy. The Martian. And why? Matt Damon. <laughs> and and like I I'm not a big Matt Damon fan. In fact, I, I possibly hate Matt Damon. And and for <laughs> a whole movie guy. to be based on pretty much all Matt Damon for at least the first eighty percent of the movie, I was like, I'm gonna hate this. But he signs the fuck out of it. And True. And, and actually it was a really good movie. And he dies at the end, so bonus. Does he? Doesn't he? Ah. Oh. 
No, I think he got he gets home, doesn't he? <laughs> nah, doesn't. Nah, or at least. Uh, anyway. This is the most highly let's, educated and yeah. informed podcast anyone's ever going to listen yeah, to. Yeah, okay. Let's not give away how little attention we pay to movies. That's true. Hey, talking about people that you really don't like, I can't stand Tom Cruise, but Edge of Tomorrow was amazing. Up until that point as well, Emily Blunt, I was like, I really can't think of any films before that film that I was like, fuck, this woman's outstanding. But in that movie, man, she rips. And she is. She's absolutely ripped. She's doing that goddamn press-up thing and shit when he comes in and sees her the first time and then she followed it up with Sicario. Overnight Emily Blunt fan. Wow, well done. My surprising watch was First Man. I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really overly into space movies or Ryan Gosling, really. But I watched it and I absolutely loved it. You're not into Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Emma's sitting at home right now screaming at you. Well, he doesn't, I don't automatically have to watch all of his movies. Yeah, yeah. Next up is a question that came courtesy of Spanky. What is it there, Spanky? If you could Thanos snap one director's 2010 output, or 2010's output, out of existence, who would it be? I know what you've got, Spanky, and I'm pretty tempted to steal it off you. <laughs> but I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to have Michael Bay. Not a fan. Not a fan. Oh, what, like Transformers yeah. and, and stuff like that? You're not a big fan of Transformers? Nah, nah, not for me. Those films mm, are just... Surprising. Oh, no, I like I love big, dumb explosion movies, but I don't like really incredibly stupid big, dumb explosion movies. <laughs> I want to have like some symbol of a little intelligence in there. With the, same, for me. with the same tracking and panning shot every time and yeah. huge explosions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I watched three of this director's movies, and one I absolutely hated, and the second two were so terrible I could not continue watching them past the 20-minute mark. And um, just as a coincidence that Sam informed me, they were by the same director, and that director (laughs) is David Ayer. How do you say his last name? Yeah, Ayer. David David Ayer, who directed Suicide Squad, End of Watch, and Bright, both of which I couldn't finish. It is true, she tried and failed at both of them. Had your favourite actress in it too, Margot. Yes, yes, Suicide Squad, yes, but no, she couldn't even save that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Poor Margot. Cool. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, what about you, Specky? Oh, might be controversial. I know that this uh, particular director has a few fanboys, uh, but I'm going with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Because <laughs> He's got fanboys? <laughs> I think he does. I think yeah. he does. Because people can remember his name, but people yeah. don't like to remember his movies because a lot of them are shit. <laughs> and and 2010, you get you get rid of The Last Airbender. All right. And yeah. there you've got Split and Glass. But really, Split and Glass are probably the, the two decent films in 2010. And if you can only make two decent movies in mm. 10 years, you know what? Maybe you should quit. Not to mention After Earth. <laughs> oh, After Earth. With, 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 oh, man. There were some stinkers in there, man. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And so, you had this one. I was so tempted to take it. Yeah, he, he would have been probably higher than um, thing for me, Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay, this is over to question number 10. Who was your favourite actor of the 2010s? Who's going first? Tom Hardy, for sure. Mm, um, yeah. And both in movies and, and TV, obviously, because so many fans of Peaky Blinders out there. Really, the only terrible movie I can think of, Tom Hardy's, is Venom, which was which was yeah. forgettable. But the rest of it's all pretty good. And my criticism on him was quite a lot of best supporting actor stuff. Um, but still, owning it. You know, Revenant, Inception, the list just goes on and on. The, the guys had awesome films and great actor. I was pretty tempted to pick John Burnfall for the simple fact that he pops up in a ton of good films for all of two scenes, like Sicario, Baby Driver, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, stuff like that. 
But my one I'm going to give to a guy that I'm just jealous of him. I'm going to be honest. I'm just jealous. You can't be this fucking good at acting and be this handsome as well. I'm giving it to the big D, Leonardo DiCaprio. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And this is the thing. He took four years off fucking acting during the 2010s, but he started it with Shutter Island. He did Wolf of Wall Street. He did The Revenant. And he came back and did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The guy is fucking amazingly talented. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. I'm only surprised because he seems too mainstream for you to pick. <laughs> <laughs> True. Did he do Great Gatsby? Was that in there? 2012? Yeah. 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 He was really good in that. That film, yeah. mm, not really for me, but he was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Big D. Nice. I just like saying Big I'll D. Give him the Big D? I want to give him the Big D. I'm going with uh, my favorite actor of the 2010s is Adam Driver. I <laughs> first came across him in the Girls TV series. It started. You came across him in the Girls, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I first uh, saw him on screen. In <laughs> anyway, yeah, and he's just gone on to do some really cool, interesting movie roles. He was in uh, Black Klansman, and oh, um, shit, that's right, that's a good film. Now in Star Wars, Star Wars trilogy and Marriage Story, which came out this year. And he's just really interesting. He looks different. He is different to a lot of actors out there at the moment. And it's cool to see. He's worked with like Spike Lee, Martin Scorsese, Jim Jaramouche, Steven Spielberg, the Coen brothers. He's literally worked with nearly every talented director ever. I'm yeah. incredibly jealous of him as well. <laughs> it's like yeah, the career that the you man. wish he had. It's like literally every director of any sort of note, he's worked with them. Okay, that takes us to question 11. I'm really surprised you didn't put Channing Tatum there, Spanky. <laughs> Channing all over your Tatum. <laughs> okay, what movie totally owes another movie a beer? For me, it's John Wick owes The Matrix a beer because The Matrix was the, the film that made us realise that Keanu Reeves was a kick-ass action actor. Yeah. And John Wick has just taken the world by storm in terms of action movies and really sets the bar, in my opinion, for action movies and that we would never have known that about Keanu unless we had The Matrix. Uh, one of the most overlooked comic book films of the 2010s was Dread, a film in which Dread has to fight his way out of an apartment building full of gangsters, which also happens to be the same plot of 2011's The Raid, which is probably one of my most favourite action films of the 2010s, maybe, we'll see. But both of them also Punisher Warzone uh, beer. Punisher Warzone came out in 2008, in which the main protagonist has to fight his way out of an apartment building full of gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> there's kind of a theme here, maybe. I'm going back to the there's not many ideas left in movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can dig that. What about you, Stace? Okay, so I think that the Tom Cruise movie Mission Impossible Fallout owes Arnie's True Lies from 1994 <laughs> a beer for one classic action scene where a guy gets beaten up in a bathroom, they totally ripped him off yeah. in Mission Impossible. I thought that was an awesome scene in Mission Impossible, and then a few weeks ago when we were watching True Lies, I was like, hang on, I've seen this before. <laughs> it was like, like they're not shot for shot sort of thing, but they're very eerily similar, eh? Like there's one dude hanging out in a toilet, like scared of shit, and they're all beating each other up, and mm -hmm. you know, Arnie's getting completely overpowered by this one dude, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can the, do that. The, even the um, toilet, the room itself looks very similar. It's yeah. like white tiles, you know, the stalls and the way everything's set up. Double-sided bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Eerie. Like so, yeah. And that moves us over to the next question. What do you got there, Spanky? Well, we know not everything can be good. And we know not every actor can be good. 
and I've already been scathing of the 2010s. So who was the most annoying actor or actress of the 2010s? This is going to sound very controversial, but I'm going to go with Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. And the reason for this is good old Matty M started the 2010s with a hiss and a bang. You know what I mean? He was in Dallas Buyers Club. He was in True Detective. He was in Wolf of Wall Street. It was almost like him and another actor like Nicolas Cage or something had just completely swapped careers where he'd gone from the stupid romantic comedy that no one wants to watch into being a legitimate, serious, like almost Oscar contender every year type actor. And now he's doing shit like fucking Serenity. Fuck you, Emily Higgins, for making us watch that. But <laughs> Oh, what? You didn't like Interstellar? Oh, nah. <laughs> right fair, fair, fair enough oh, fair enough whoa, okay well, interstellar was 2014 you know what i mean like it just seems like after that he was just like no nah, i'm gonna go back to being shit and that frustrates me because he i i really enjoy some of his performances yeah he could do so much better okay most informed podcast on the internet <laughs> what do you got stace who did you hate oh shia labeouf <laughs> Running through the woods, it's Shia LaBeouf. Oh, look, he's got a knife. <laughs> Any reason why? Just generally don't like him. He's just a bit weird. I don't know. I don't get him. I don't know many people that get him, to be honest. Though. I don't think he gets him. <laughs> what do you got, Spanky? All right, having having that this was, was my question as well, I think that I've got the one that trumps you all. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, fuck that clown. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who else could play... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and and totally now the biggest douchebag in the world, and 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 that <laughs> yeah, would and that would and that would be Jesse Eisenberg. So um, mm. yeah, I mean Lex Luthor, I can just you could just rattle them all off. The the guy is the dickhead out of now. You see me? <sighs> yep, just a yeah. walking douchebag. Anyway, that moves us over to question number thirteen, which is what film scene do you think will last with you the longest? Okay, I'm going to go with a scene from Inception that everyone loves. And that is when the cityscape starts folding up on itself. It was a really cool, interesting thing to see at the time. And I don't think it's been done since. It's not something people have ripped off. Well, you say that. Talking about movies that owe a movie a beer, Doctor Strange pretty much did the exact same uh, thing. And yeah. but, but in a different concept, you know, that was in the yeah. world of magic as opposed to whatever Inception was. <laughs> no, it wasn't, Your brain. So, it wasn't sorcery. It, yeah, it was mind tricks or whatever. Mindfuckery? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Spank? Uh, for me, it's it's one from this year, actually, and, and one of my uh, fanboy directors, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's the final scene. Fittingly, it's the final yeah. scene, the, the climax. And up until that stage, the it hadn't been super violent. And to see Brad Pitt crush a woman's face by throwing a can of dog food at them. Oh, man, it was just like... <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. And, and then the flamethrower. And then just... It, it was um, to see two classic actors just, like, all out was was amazing. That, that, that scene will stick with me for the ultraviolence. For me, it's the ending of Whiplash. It's a film in which... We knew we were building to something, and to be honest, I didn't think it was going to be that satisfying. And then we got to the end where he gets publicly shamed on stage, storms off, and then comes back and is just like, fuck you, Schaefer, we're doing Caravan, and then just starts playing the song. And then the thing that sold it the most to me was finding out that Miles Taylor actually used to play the drums, and then when he found out he got this role, he practiced for six hours a day for six months to get good enough to actually be like representative on the screen. And that, for me, was just phenomenal. 
Changed yeah. my opinion on Miles Teller. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Because he'd hit and then Fantastic Four reversed it back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well shot and everything too. That was that scene is is something special. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Question number fourteen there, Stace. All right, what film do you think got an unwarranted amount of undulation? Undulation. <laughs> undulating. Well, Rocky was very Rocky. <laughs> Unwarranted. <laughs> okay, what the? Okay, question fourteen. What film do you think got an insane amount of unwarranted adulation? Have we got the same answer, me and you? Yep. Count of three, three, two, one. La La, La, La Land. Land. Yep. Okay. <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> yeah. <Woo! laughs> it was just. It was like every film critic in Hollywood, all that sort of stuff, saw themselves in the film, and so they were immediately like, this is my film. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're the same critics that a year before was like, the Star Wars movie is just preying on nostalgia. It's like, this fucking film is just preying on old Hollywood movie nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough of my rant. I've ranted about that too many times before. Yep, exactly. Let's not play that movie anymore, Mines. What's the next question there? What film from the 2010s is the perfect cure for insomnia? Terence Malick's The Tree of Life. I've never been able to finish it. Talking about films that literally put me to sleep, that is the film. I can't make it 20, 30, 40 minutes into it. In fact, you could show me the start of this movie again, and I've seen the start probably five times. I'd have no idea where it's going. I wouldn't be able to tell you what's happening. Yeah, I've got a movie of along similar lines by the sound of it, Cloud Atlas. Oh, burn! Sorry, Caleb from Netflix and Swill, who loves this film. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I just don't get it. But yeah, when you're asking yourself 20, 30 minutes in, what is going on here? It needs to catch you. It needs to grab you for you to want to finish and stay awake. (laughs) It's funny because this film's put me to sleep as well a couple of times. And there's an awesome joke in Silicon Valley where they're like, where they're trying to work out if this chick's into this guy. And they're like, I think one of them says to the other one, like, what does she want to do? He's like, she wants me to come to her room and watch Cloud Atlas. He's like, she definitely wants to bone. No one's made it more than five minutes into that film. <laughs> <laughs> so true. My sleeping pill uh, for the 2010s would be Batman vs. Superman. Oh. Really? Yeah, man. Oh. Three hours of like poorly paced, confusing storyline, <laughs> bad acting, the whole nine yards. You know what I mean? It's just, if, if there's anything that would distract you from. Oh, fuck, it's just terrible. Let's just, <laughs> let's just be honest. It's terrible. I don't know if it's just a, a, an actual sleeping pill or if it's just, I just want to say how terrible it is. You say storyline, but there's like, what, six stories in there? Maybe, conservatively? And that's it. And that's, yeah. what, and that's why it's a sleeping pill, because who can follow all that shit? <laughs> exactly. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, next up, what film from the 2010s is totally going to get a controversial remake or reboot in like 10 to 20 years? And this was the question I was alluding to earlier. My answer for this is a film that came out this year, Parasite. Oh, no. It is so cool and so interesting and different. And both Sam and I at the end of the film kind of went, man, Hollywood, please never come near this film. It's so good as it is. But I just get the feeling that they will. It'll be remade and it'll be controversial because... Why take it on? It's so good as it is. It'll be a Hollywood remake where they've just like, dumbed down the violence or like the like the themes and the, motives the and stuff. The themes won't yeah. carry across cultures, I fear. Yeah. That's a great choice, Daisy. That's an Thanks. absolutely great choice. I reckon that, uh, you know, once he's done dominating the world, Mark Fuckerberg will redo the social <laughs> network. 
and totally portray himself as like a really awesome cool dude that's right yeah, that, yeah. That, that's right the savior of the world i think he gets a halo yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes controversy yeah i'm just gonna go with inception everyone loves it and it's such a like notable film and it's one of those things that's like people will be like there's no way they'd ever remake it. But, you know, like, nothing's off limits to Hollywood. Like, they did a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. I mean, nothing is off limits. Okay, guys, that moves us on to question number 17, which is, what was your guys' most unforgettable theatre experiences from the 2010s? Okay, I'll go. I've got two, and they were quite recent. They're from this year. First one was going to the opening day of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about this anymore. I'm sick of people knowing about me crying. Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't just you. It was the whole audience. This was like the super fans on opening day. And my second most memorable moment was earlier this year. Well, the last movie I went to see at the cinema, I think, while I was pregnant, was Aladdin. <laughs> And Baby didn't like that movie, or she loved it. <laughs> I can't tell. Either way, she went crazy, and I felt like I was getting beaten up from the inside out. So that was the end of movie going for me, for the rest of the pregnancy. That was when Baby decided to reverse evolution and tried to dig its way out through kicking its way through your stomach, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Spanky? I think mine's got to be uh, a live screening of The Room. Uh, and with nice! The, with the... With the, with the um, Shut the door, and... Um, spoon, spoon. Um, yeah, and I was at, at a beautiful old theatre in, in Sydney called the Odeon in Mossman, and it's a beautiful old style theatre, and the atmosphere is, is so much fun. I'd never been to anything like that before, and one hell of an experience. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've got a couple. Um, going to the same but different red carpet premiere this year. That was really cool. Oh, yes, was a, red carpet. That was a bucket list ticked. The other one was going to like an early screening of Upgrade that they had up in Auckland. Uh, before the Upgrade screening occurred, though, they showed an hour of trailers from old, grimy, B-movie, sci-fi type, you know, like action movies and stuff like that. So, like, Robocop had a trailer there. It's the best way to describe it. You know, Robocop from the 80s. But it was a ton of these really old trailers, and it just totally put you in the mood for the movie that was Upgrade. That being said, those are all topped by going to see a screening of Night of the Living Dead, after which there was a meet and greet with Max Brooks, who wrote World War Z, and he just came out and just blasted the movie. He's like, I haven't seen it. From what I heard, it's going to be absolutely shit. I don't recommend anyone go to see it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. How was he involved with the film? He wrote the book. He wrote the book that the movie was based on. And Boo, one of our good friends that was actually on an episode, has a poster that I got for her where he's just signed it to Boo, I did not write this movie. Max Brooks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. it's, it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But just to see someone just, like, completely not give a fuck about impressing Hollywood like that was just pretty damn awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess once you've sold the rights, you've sold the rights and you've got your money and that's it, and what can you do? He doesn't need to impress anyone, does he? No, and especially because it was like a hardcore bidding war to get the book, and he ended up selling it to Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's production company, for $4 million. It's like one of the highest sales for a book to, you know, to have the rights to make a movie on it. Wow. But, like, it was never going to translate very well. The book's like... No, nah, no way. It, like, the book's like a whole bunch of anecdotal stories that sort yeah. of come together, and it do- doesn't really tell a story in a movie sense. So nah. I, 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 I think Max Brooks knew that and just took the money and ran, you know? that's Yeah, pretty much. Like, you could have shown it as, like, a vignette sort of, like, documentary-style film, like something of like that might have worked. 
but they would have TV series sounds like yeah, or a TV too series much for one film. Yeah, because it is. It's just like interspersed little different stories, and it's like a, people's recollections of what happened. Whereas like they just went for like let's just throw a fucking full zombie movie into this, and like it's it's not a bad zombie movie. It's just a pretty average zombie movie. Anyway, that moves us over to question 18. What is it these days? Okay, question 18. What actor or actress under 25 is totally going to rock the next decade? So, I think she's 25, so I don't know whether or not I get this, but it's... Saoirse Ronan. I think. It rhymes with inertia. It rhymes yeah, with a Saoirse. That's right, yeah. Saoirse. So, Saoirse Ronan, yeah, she's got some good roles and a bit of drama behind her. I think that she's an up-and-comer. Yeah, I agree. She's cool. I'm going to cheat and go with two. I'm going to go with two people that were in TV series this, this year that absolutely blew my mind. That is Jarrell Jerome, who is the young, one of the young boys in When They See Us, and the last episode was completely dedicated to him. He completely held his own as an actor for an entire TV set. Like, the thing was almost in a like, movie length long, that last episode. That was absolutely brilliant. The other one was Caitlin Deaver, who is the young girl at the centre of Unbelievable, a TV series in which a girl gets raped, and then she basically tries to tell the police, the police don't believe her, and then that's the first episode, and then it sort of follows on the effects of her after discovering that she actually was raped, but they've tried to convince her that she was lying, and the police tried to prosecute her. I don't want to spoil too much of it. You've got to go see it. It's a fucking awesome TV series. Tony Clayt's in it, and Tony Clayt's brilliant. Everyone knows I love her. Yeah, that was that. Oh, that was wicked. I enjoyed that. Okay, I'm going with uh, one of my favourites from Game of Thrones, and that's Maisie Williams. Really? Yeah, she's young and a bit different, and it would be interesting to see where she goes. I hopefully she gets embraced. So does that mean I get another one now? I get a TV one because you guys couldn't come to the movie party? Oh, Caitlin Deaver is in Booksmart as well. Oh, it says yeah. actor or actress. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah, right, right, right. It doesn't say, the, yeah. Maisie no Williams has been in movies, bro. <laughs> Name one. Yeah. Oh, what's that horror film she is? <laughs> 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 oh, look at New Mutants. There you go. She's in that. Was that a movie? Yeah. Guess what? Has, Has it, it come been out? released? It got made three years ago. Never been released. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. If I was going with TV, mon be uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Stranger Things. She's been in films. She was in the Godzilla movie this year. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Shows how many movies I watched this year. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but she kind of sucks in Godzilla movie. <laughs> Shout out to the We Watch The Thing boys who bravely went and saw that film so that we could record an episode on it. <laughs> Couldn't convince any of my friends. Oh no, Shaq. Me and Shaq went and saw it. Shaq hated it. All right. What is question number 19, Spanky? What movie title best describes your current love life? Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> what do you got, Stace? I'm just going with Boss Baby. <laughs> Similar themes to both of your answers yes. there, Stace. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> And I'll uh, chime in on the pity train here and say, uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. <laughs> <laughs> Having gone out on the piss with you last night, yes, I can see why you come up with that. <laughs> okay, and our final question, question number 20. We are basically just going to run through what is our favourite sci-fi, thriller, action, comedy, comic book movie, animated film, horror, drama, foreign film, uh documentary if you guys have got one i know adding it to late and even what was just your favorite film of the 2010s so first up we've got sci-fi what do you guys got interstellar blade runner 2049 oh i'm nice. going with annihilation next up we've got thriller what have you got for that size 
Sicario. Oh, damn. Apparently. You wrote that down for me. (laughs) Get out. Yeah. Is it a thriller? It's a thriller and it's a horror. It can, I reckon it okay. can be an over list. Okay. I'm going to go with a sports thriller. I'm going to go with Creed. Mm, nice. It's more of an action film. Uh, I actually had Get Out written down as well. <laughs> I've got Get Out written down for horror. Oh, well, that's fine. You can have okay. it for that. Action film? Baby Driver. Oh, good choice. John Wick, the original. <laughs> the original. I'm going to go with Mad Max Fury Road. Comedy? Hunt for the World of People. Oh, God damn it! That was my one as well. Hunt for the World of People. Yeah, Hunt yeah. for the World of People. Special shout out for 21 Drum Street as well. That was one of my favourite films. So it was like Booksmart, Longshot. There's a few good comedies that have come out recently, but... Yeah, there are. Yeah. Okay, comic book film? Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew you were going to say that. The original. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I had either Thor Ragnarok or Logan, so I'll just say Logan. Yeah, Logan. Yeah, that was good. I like that too. Animated film? Count of three? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we all loved that. Horror film. Get out. Good on you. It. It. Yeah, mm. good choice. Uh, Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. A film that we watched recently, which you were like, how do you fucking watch these films? I've never felt so anxious in my entire life. Yeah, it was anxiety inducing. Oh, I, love I don't. That. I don't like that. Oh, I fucking, I love feeling my asshole squirm and fucking <laughs> share anxiety. Sure you do. <laughs> okay. Too much information. So. Yeah, way too much information. Tra- on to drama. The favourite. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That's good. Yes. I've mentioned how much I love to. I'm going with Brie Larson's Room. Oh, yeah. That yeah, that's a very good film. Uh, foreign film. I suppose we can include New Zealand in this because every fucking, well, every film's foreign to us really, isn't it? <laughs> Except for New Zealand films, but yeah. we'll go with foreign. Maybe like another language yeah, other so than English. So Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Roma, I guess. Yeah, Roma's brilliant. That's a good choice. I'm going with Parasite. Oh, I do love that film as well. I'm going with Wild Tales. Mm. The Argentinian film. Fuck, that was good. That really got me going. Uh, for people that haven't seen Wild Tales, Wild Tales. Oh, it's a film about six short stories, and each is about revenge, pretty much, eh? Yep. And they're just it's fucking insane. Yeah. Different flavors of revenge. Okay. Yep. And documentary? Oh, one that really stuck with me for ages and got me questioning a lot of things was Cowspiracy. I thought you were going to go behind the curve, the Flat Earthers one. <laughs> oh. Well, no, I couldn't watch that. That was more it anger-inducing just, yeah, in terms of- Yeah, it wasn't. I wouldn't call that the best. It's, it was, yeah, no, yeah. I couldn't even watch it. Fair enough. What about you, Spanky? What do you got? I'll go with the local one, Tickled. Oh! Why is that the best? Because it's so fucking weird. It is so <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah, and local David Farrier, and it's weird. Yeah, that was on my short list as well. I am going to go with The Hunting Grounds, a film about um, sexual assault across campuses all over America. Incredibly eye-opening, and mm. I think it's a must-watch for a lot of people. It's, it is. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. It seriously makes you reconsider the safety of people at universities and the way universities treat them in terms of covering them up. They'd rather, mm. you know, cover it up and tell the girl that she's lying rather than mm. be in the news for, or, you know, have a criminal record against them. Yeah, it, it's, it seems as though if you go to university in America, you will be sexually assaulted to some degree. Yeah, or you'll know Guaranteed. someone that is. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It's horrible. Anyway, let's finish on a much more happier note. What was your guys' favourite film of the decade? All right, for me, uh, it's, a, it's a movie that we haven't talked about at all, and it's uh, a great film and, and one that, that uh, I love to quote. Django Unchained. Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. And just, 
yeah, like uh, we didn't give it any love anywhere else, <laughs> and and it seems to be a bit of a bolter, but uh, one that I've watched a number of times, and I think that I'll keep watching it. Uh, Jamie Fox, fantastic. Christoph Waltz, fantastic. Yeah, and Tarantino probably at his peak. Yeah, yeah. I just really like Baby Driver. It's going to be my film of the decade. Interesting. Okay, I am going to go over a film that we haven't spoken about, which is Two Days, One Night. Uh, the Marion Cotillard gives an amazing performance as a woman who is coming back from depression, and she basically goes back to her old factory. And the old factory say to her that we've noticed while you've been gone, we've managed to keep we have managed to keep up production. So why would we hire you back? And they say to her, the only way we can hire you back is if you convince all your other employees that they're not allowed to get their one thousand euro bonus this year. So she then spends two days and one night trying to convince all of her former colleagues to give up their bonuses. And they're all like poor as dirt. And I'm not going to spoil any more of the movie because it's just an amazing portrayal of someone battling depression and trying to overcome their mental problems. Yeah, great film. Plus, Marion Cotillard is fucking phenomenal. You had me at Marion Cotillard. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Sweet. Well, that takes us through our 20 questions. We're now going to move into our Patreon questions. We absolutely love our Patreons, don't we, Stacey? They're the people that give us we the money. We do love them. Thank give us so the much. money to keep us going, pay for our hosting, pay for us to go to the movies. You guys are absolutely brilliant. And our $5 Patreons have the questions of what character's gone the longest without sharing, which two characters would you want at your house party, and what's your most controversial opinion about this film? So we're going to bastardize that to be about the decade. So we'll start off. Stacey, what two films from the 2010s would you want at your house party? My two are going to be Bridesmaids and Toy Story 3. (laughs) What? Yeah, be totally random and heaps of fun and crazy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Everyone loves seeing bridesmaids hanging out with toys. <laughs> I'm thinking Wolf of Wall Street and Avengers Endgame. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> what? Um, you know, like you, you know, you've got people who know how to party, and then you've got the a huge ensemble cast. That's pretty much what you want for a good party. Yeah. Fair enough. I am going to go with Black Swan purely for Mila Kunis and Nellie Portman, and then Don John. The film in which Joseph Gordon-Levin hooks up with Scarlett Johansson and Julianne Moore. It sounds like oh, a, I reckon yeah. they'd know how to party. Black Swan and bring the weirdness. I like a little bit of emo weird darkness. And yeah, a little bit of up fun Don John. Why not? Okay, Emily Higgins' question from the Tasteless Podcast is, what film sounds like it's gone the longest without showering? It's got to be Suicide Squad. <laughs> Jesus <Easily>. Christ. <laughs> Makes it. Surprised you haven't shared on that film for this entire podcast, Daisy. It doesn't need the airtime. <laughs> what about you, Spanky? What do you got? I reckon it's got to be um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you seen that film? No. Fuck, it don't. It's so odd. <laughs> I've, I've got it to watch, but haven't watched it yet. I've, I've heard it's weird. I was tossing up between the 2013 uh, film Filth and 2016's Duty Grandpa. But I'm going to go with Transformers Dark Side of the Moon. (laughs) (laughs) And then a final question comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians Podcast, who wants to know, what is our most controversial opinion about the 2010s? My controversial opinion is, maybe we shouldn't watch movies anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) Oh, you know, just take a break. Too much screen time. (laughs) 
Step away from the computer. You've been watching too many videos on how little screen time babies should be getting, right? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. What about you, Spanky? Wes Anderson's like totally overrated, and oh! and, and that oh. that the um that he's like the Isla malt whiskey of of movies. People like his stuff because it's obvious and accessible, but it's actually just average. You know, like oh. I mean, shit. Yeah, well, uh, tell me, you know, like there were there were there were some um, really average Wes Anderson films in the two thousand and tens. Yeah, controversy. Grand Budapest was good, but the rest. Mm. Isle of Dogs, meh. Spanky, I'd just like to say thank you because I think Film Twitter is now going to hate on you and move away from me from saying, me, saying <laughs> because a couple of episodes <laughs> back with Julio of the Contrarians podcast on the Muppets episode, I said that Amy Adams isn't that good an actress. And I tell you what, they hated it. They fucking hated it. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> Here's one for you. Hot take. I think DC should completely restart the cinematic universe. Par for the course. I think Marvel should have ended it after Endgame. I think that would have been a perfect time for them to finish making Marvel films. I thought it was a great send-off for these characters that we've known and loved over the 10, 11 years. I don't think they need to start stretching it out to a point where we're going to get fatigued from all of this. True. So no Black Widow? Nah. nah. They should They should have done it before nah. it. They should have done that movie six mm. years ago. They made Scarlett Hansen made that film Lucy. That's when she should have been making Black Widow back in 2013. Right, oh. <laughs> I know. I could talk about this for hours. That's right, yeah. <laughs> And anyway, that takes it down to the end. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our wrap-up of the decade. Thank you to these guys for joining me. Anything you guys would like to say about the 2010s before we leave them? Hey, look, it's been fun, but let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's better. uh, The the 2020s are better than the 2010s. Fair enough. If you like the show and want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20Q. Send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back probably full-time in February. Uh, just going to wait for the summer to blow over a bit, but we might actually have an episode between now and then. Hey, Spanky? Here's hoping. Me, you, and Liz, that was on one of our earliest episodes, is coming back to do an episode. Haven't decided which, but thinking maybe Marriage Story. Maybe something like that. That raises a lot of questions. Oh, uh, that raises a lot of questions. It sounds like a movie that I'm not qualified to, to comment on. Oh, no, you are. You totally are. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to it's it. It's about breakups, Spanky. Yeah. <laughs> you know a thing or two, don't you? <laughs> not a little bit. <laughs> Anywho, that is thanks for me. Thanks. Bye. And thank you.